0: Whoa whoa, whoa, whoa whoa bam
1: Ugh We're almost out of ketchup Gotta squirt the bottle on Wait another I can, bottle. I can build one in Super Mario Maker 2. Hit it with that red hat in the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hello <laughs> that's great and welcome to we bought a mic a podcast about netflix shows and criterion collection i'm ernest calderon i am hunter mobley and joining us today is the great adam Serdorius. how's it going adam
2: Oh, it's great now that I'm doing another Wabam episode. Yes, so I've kind of just been like yes. waiting outside your house like, ever since the last episode. So we asked you, you like, like
0: we asked you like have you watched anything? And you're like, no, I've just been standing here waiting for you to call me back in.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've just been making shitty Twitter memes and waiting for every, <laughs> just waiting for the next episode to pop up.
1: Well, we're glad to have you back, Adam, for our little catch-up corner. We are doing a little bit of Stranger Things talk. Uh, and then a bunch of crack and that Hunter has uh, just been. I think you've been. Uh, I've been. I've been collecting it. Oh, don't don't you worry. It's I'll, been building up. It has been. You could say you have like crite blue balls at this point.
0: <sighs> but I oof. <laughs> but I let's just say I was very satisfied
1: at the end of this watch through. Ooh. Okay. Well, before we get into that, got a quick bit of news today. Uh, David Fincher is making another movie. What is this? Five years after Gone Girl? Gone Girl came out in twenty, yeah, twenty fourteen. Yeah, so it's
0: not going to come out this year. So it's going to be longer than five years. Mm-hmm. But at least we know he is making something aside from just Mindhunter season two, which is about to come out. Yeah, coming out next. Adam, week. have you seen Mindhunter?
2: Yeah. Um, is I haven't even really read up on the second season. Is there one coming out soon?
0: It's coming out in August. It comes out about a month. Um, gotcha. so I. I just watched the first episode of Mindhunter and it didn't
2: Yeah. Did not really captivate me?
0: Yeah. So I actually I decided to just sit down and watch through the season. I'm about on episode four or so now, and it's a great show. Uh it definitely it feels very Fincher. It feels very zodiac, which I like a lot. Now it's kind of slower, which mm-hmm. I think is why it didn't grab me at first with just one episode.
1: But... I think uh the acting is a little shaky but once you start to get to know these main characters a little bit more and like kind of why they're even in this line of work in the first place it kind of sort of starts to click together
0: it is funny that uh i think that the worst actor in the show is the main guy who we follow i can't remember his name but he's like stale yeah no he's but he's also like a narc and like (laughs) this undercover as so it's almost like he's playing it like he's underplaying his role so yeah. maybe Fincher was like, well, I can't get fucking Brad Pitt in here to do <laughs> yeah. this. Like, I have to get a guy who's kind of very
1: normie to do this role. Yeah, I, this is it's a Broadway boy, this guy. Um, so he has to amazing. have chops like he's exactly. got to have some acting chops. And I've watched uh, most of the first season, I think maybe about half of the first season. So I'm going to I'm going to try to plow through the rest. Now that I'm done with Glow, I did catch up on Glow, which is also coming back. On Netflix uh, later this year, uh, but now that I'm done with that, I think I'm gonna try to finish *Mine Hunter*. It, it was starting to get good before I moved on to other things. So, I mean, I'll take any Fincher at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm thirsty for Fincher. And this movie that uh, just got announced—I don't think there's a title for it. Uh, maybe Manc? *Mank*. M A N K. Yeah, that's the working title, I think. Yeah, so it's about um, the scriptwriter of *Citizen Kane* orson welles citizen kane the co-writer um kind of like a biopic about this guy his name was herman Mankiewicz.
0: so he's made other stuff he didn't just make citizen kane i think so is it just going to be about his time making citizen kane i guess like we don't know anything no casting things I, i
1: think gary oldman is uh Oh
0: is he I I thought that that was just a like rumor thing might I didn't be, know that it was might official be.
1: I'm trying to I'm trying No to he's value. officially signed on for it. Oh great. Oh,
0: okay. I'm I'll take Gary Oldman yeah. anything. Gary Oldman heavy makeup it worked once in Darkest Hour. <laughs> Give it to me again.
1: Dude, Fincher is a fucking Almost genius. Almost too well. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll watch I'll watch any anything. I mean this doesn't seem like the obvious project for him to do. Um but why would it? I mean the, the thing that I keep coming back to is how Fincher has had a lot of projects recently that just haven't seen the light of day. Like, he was working on two shows for HBO that just got shelved and may never come out. Um. So, I he's been working. We just haven't seen what he's been working on. So, I guess... Hopefully we'll see this. This Hopefully, seems like something yeah. that will come out. It seems
0: like it's pretty con. The fact that they were able to release this in the Hollywood Reporter and everything else like that gives it some
1: air of validity. Cool. All right. So that's the news. Let's get into a little bit of uh, Stranger Things 3. Uh, it dropped on July 4th. All eight episodes. Uh, binge style as as it does. We haven't had Stranger Things in a minute uh yeah, we, there been, was none last year
0: it's been a year and a half or so Cause, no because last time it came out in october because it was the whole halloween
1: thing. yeah so, so almost it came out on two halloween. Years. yep wow. wow um so you know we have other things to get to so i don't want to devote too much time to this but i want to i want to do like a little quick mini review of the season because as it is you know this is just it's what netflix wants you to do they want you to watch through the whole thing as as a single Eight hour ish, uh, quote unquote film. Yeah, I mean, um, I watched it
2: all on Fourth of July. Like, oh, really? Year. Okay, yeah. nice.
1: I I split it up a little bit. I watched like one half in one go, and then the second half. And another I think go. I split it
0: up into three, like into trimesters. Okay, so that, see, so we, I did like one through three, four through six, and then seven and eight. Yeah, so which we was, have... it, that ended up being a good spot to kind of split the season in because there really are like three major acts to it. It's it really is shot like. It's a six and a half hour movie. Like that's the way that the narrative oh, so it's, it's is it eight episodes or six? It's eight episodes, but okay. I mean they're like forty five okay. minutes to fifty five minutes, so
1: rounding seven hours or so. So Adam, what did uh, what did you think?
2: Um, this one even felt even more so like a movie. like,
1: because mm-hmm.
2: it all kind of like takes place in like not exactly one night, but pretty much in that like kind of
1: um, a-, a couple of nights.
2: Yeah, but like pretty close together, like even more close together than the other seasons. Um this was my favorite season so far.
1: Nice. Mm.
2: Yeah, I I just really enjoyed this one. I thought the humor was on point. Um, the cinematography was really good this season, I thought. Yes. Um, it was very well shot. Uh, I thought the character stuff was really compelling, especially with Hopper. Um, just everything between him and Eleven, I thought it was really just extremely well done. And yeah, I just, I, I liked the whole style of it, the vibe. Um, I thought it was the most entertaining season uh, And of course Maya Hawke Who just completely stole the yes, show Yes
0: that was such a great unknown To bring in for first time The the daughter of Ethan Hawke And Uma Thurman Like we should have known this kid was going to be like a star child And it's like Stranger Things also seem like A little nod to themselves Of like we're going to get two 80s stars <laughs> To come in here Like the the child of two eighties prodigies For this role
1: uh, I I love the season I don't think it's as good as the first, but it's it's better than the second for sure. Wait, I I don't think the second's bad. I just think that this one they are operating at such a high level in terms of production value. The CGI looks amazing. The the gore and the horror and the action is like really, really well done. Um and yeah, just again, like Adam said, it, it just looks great. Like even this this mall that they're at for a good chunk of the season, you can tell that they put they put money into building to set. Yeah. It looks looks pretty fucking good. And uh it it's just you can tell and this kind of brings up one of my gripes with the season, which is the reason why it looks so good. I think part of it is because of the product placement. My god. Coca-Cola. Oh my god. If
0: I had one more new Coke at
1: <laughs> It is uh wow, a There's little also, excessive. Also, I just want
0: to point out that uh, everybody's like clamoring now on the internet to bring back New Coke. They want to try New Coke. New Coke got canceled because it was bad. Like people didn't like New Coke.
2: It got canceled for a reason. They
1: they brought back the packaging though as a tie-in for Stranger Things. This is like when
2: everyone brought back Szechuan sauce and McDonald's oh, and no. and then sucked. and it's
1: bad. Yeah, it's... uh yeah, but not. I mean, also at one point early on it, it turns into like a jc slash gap commercial for a minute <laughs> to the tune of material girl by madonna Yeah, which is it's fun i mean it's not <laughs> the gap it didn't bother me i just kind of found it a little bit blissful. was that the scene
2: where Ellen and max were like doing all the uh yeah. shopping, or shopping, shopping spree, yeah yeah uh, i love that scene actually because I, I like that um relationship they formed this season i thought that was pretty cool
1: yes i i will say all of pretty much all the character stuff and the acting was really strong i thought billy was like probably the standout for me would they do with his character making him sort of like this possessed sort of creature uh really good acting there um hopper though we got to talk about hopper
0: yeah well i before we get into hopper because i do i have i have some thoughts and we might even want to put up a little bit of a bumper if people haven't seen stranger things according to netflix it's like the most watched thing ever on netflix with stranger things season three but i don't know um I will say, a little bit of background, I really love Stranger Things Season 1. I didn't even finish Stranger Things Season 2 because I was not feeling that at all. But the one thing that Stranger Things 2 did that I loved was the setup of Dustin and Steve together. And that is my favorite, that's my favorite, like, plot line of everything that's happening. It's so this. fun. It's just so perfect. Like, they're just these two unlikely friends that are separated by, like, seven years apart from each other.
1: Which they even kind of poke fun at they at They just one point. play
0: at e- they just play with each other. And then Maya Hawk being, like, the realist in all of this, like, pointing out kind of the absurdity of what's happening. I loved that whole dynamic. Um. I really enjoyed this season. I don't know if I like it quite as much as the first season. I don't, I, I still, it's hard for me to say that this show is like completely like essential must watch TV. I mean, it is that it's mass appeal enough to yeah. be, but like, I don't know if this show is going to make my like
1: top 10 of the year. It might just be barely make money. yeah we'll it's see. like
0: it's it's hovering around the eight to ten range now and we're in july so i don't i don't know where it's gonna end up but it's still a really fun show it's so fun it's i a, mean that... it's just a thing yeah that's the whole thing about it is that it's just it's a fun time it's a breezy watch which yeah. is that's something that netflix has they were really good at first and they've kind of uh been making things more difficult with some of their newer dramas that they've mm-hmm. pitched are a little bit more slow but then they end on some big hook that's supposed to make you stick around but
1: this is just yeah. it
0: just flies by 45 minutes exactly flies
1: by. He, like the i think the best thing about this show is that it doesn't feel like a chore a lot of peak tv can feel like a chore and i'm at this point where like if something feels like a chore i'm not gonna fucking watch yeah. it i'm not gonna devote it's <laughs> too to much time to it's not that. It's not worth it i'll watch something else there's plenty of other things to watch stranger My... things it is just a good hang mm-hmm. it's a good hang a lot of times the writing is very kind of a little flat very surface level some of the the dialogue comes off as like a little bit too corny and you know sometimes that's the intention you know because they're trying to capture this 80s vibe um but for the most part it, it never reaches any sort of like deeper level so much of the show is devoted to being a throwback reference filled thing that's what that's what it's built on that's what it's been built as that's what people know it as and in this in this season um in it's it's because it's the third season it almost starts to feel like the show starts to reference itself (laughs) sometimes and it starts to like redo some things that it has already been doing and it doesn't doesn't expand there are ways where it does and uh you know there's subtle things like the fact that they're in relationships now and they're becoming little little teenagers and 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 growing up they're not kids anymore and uh they're russians now russians yeah just the juxtaposition of having two characters in ice cream uh uniform ice cream scooper uniforms running around in a secret underground (laughs) russian base that's awesome
0: no and that's oh oh, sorry yeah just one other little point i wanted to make about because like you said i mean sometimes the script and the dialogue is a little bit flat but where the show has always excelled is the great acting oh and the smartest move that they phenomenal the best move that they made because at this point this cast is huge and they're still trying to bring more people is split up our characters that's how you're able to have these moments because as much as I really enjoyed the way the season ends, when you have all these characters coming back together, it just seemed like there was just some people just, like, standing on the sidelines. Like, it seemed like you were watching, like, this is, a, a to bring in a sports comparison, it's like watching a Team USA basketball team where eventually, like, LeBron James is just kind of going to be chilling in the background without <laughs> saying anything for seven minutes, and you're like, oh, wait, but that's that's. Le- Ron, shouldn't he like have yeah. his moment over here? Eleven, and they have 11 to take that turns? happens to eleven. Sometimes. Yeah, eleven gets sidelined. I mean, even like Dustin. I unfortunately, uh, our guy Mike gets really, or no, not Mike. Um, Will, Will gets really sidelined this
1: season. They kind of don't know what to do with him. I don't. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that they do. Adam, what were you gonna say? I
2: was gonna say the. Uh, I just wanted to focus on the MVP of this season, which I think is uh, Alexi, the lovable Russian.
1: Yeah, uh, big Alexi, surprise yeah. there.
2: Um, him and his uh, like Slurpee addiction and which I think I mean this isn't really a spoiler but like the um, scene between him and Hopper when he like ordered like what a cherry uh, (laughs) Slurpee Um, I think that's like peak comedy for Stranger pretty
0: Things. Pretty great, and I mean, I love his relationship that he has with Brett Gelman, who was in season two of Stranger Things. Right. Brett Gelman just reprising his role uh, from Fleabag mm-hmm. earlier this yeah. year. He's the same guy, just uh, a little bit younger.
1: You know, he's a little bit <laughs> less hard into the
0: world. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Alexi. He uh, he has a little bit of an arc here, and uh, that scene you're mentioning is so good that I didn't even notice the blatant Seven Eleven. Slash Burger King product placement.
0: <laughs> oh, I noticed it, but I've just I've just learned to let things roll off of me whenever you I know. Watch how, like the show. New
1: York is
2: a romantic, or uh, like New York is like a character in romantic comedies. Yeah, product placements <laughs> a character in Stranger Things. Yes, you're right. Uh, yeah, but Hopper,
1: so the, we got to talk Hopper. Well, I mean, b- before we get to Hopper, I just wanted to shout out, like, without giving anything away, but sort of like where ele- where they kind of. Uh, alexi's character ends up uh i thought was really good really effective in that final episode and it ties to one of the uh stranger aspects of this season which is the really almost like shoehorned in terminator reference which is this goon this character this like uh arnold schwarzenegger knockoff that is like hunting our uh our uh hopper uh gang uh, um what's her that name um, winona Ryder. yeah um could have could have used without that I, I don't know like i i know that this show is like like i just said it's it's built around these 80s references but at this point is like we're not watching it for that we like these characters we love these characters we're we're in we're watching it because this is a, a, a good little world that's being built here i don't I don't think, I don't know, maybe there are people that, like, love the the really blatant 80s right Well, I
0: think that they were trying to, their goal with that and with Billy was to try and make, like, human villains. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, you have, like, a Game of Thrones Night King problem with yeah. the show where you're just eventually you're fighting just some force of evil itself and you're like cheaper and you're like I don't know what I how am I supposed to like yeah that thing is evil we should beat it versus like the Russians or a kid who's like actually possessed by this this creature of evil and it's supposed to make you work better I just don't think at at this point I almost wish that this season was longer I wish it was like 10 episodes to just give me like a little bit a little bit more background for why exactly is Russia like
1: what are they doing or or maybe something because like they at the very end they do kind of lean into the fact that there's something truly evil happening in this town Mm -hmm. how crazy would it have been to have like an all-out battle at this fair you know where the big monster coming in and like splitting up into these (laughs) that would have been so expensive (laughs) yeah I know I know I I will say like the CGI the, the effects of the goop The blob the bloody Yeah disgusting like exploded beings. Loved that. Genuinely pretty creepy. Yeah, I thought very John Carpenter. Very John Carpenter, yeah. Uh yeah. I this show Carpenter Cronenberg. This show gets into some some great aspects of horror. It like becomes like a full-on horror show sometimes. I love that about it. I thought this season was that was one of my favorite parts. Is there there's a scene in a hospital. Where we kind of first see this sort
0: of—that's ter- the scariest part of this entire show. Yeah, with
1: uh, with a uh, discount, Dane DeHaan and <laughs> uh, Nancy, uh, that was that was one of the best parts of the season. So, uh, I want to talk about Hopper, but we. C- is there much we can say without spoilers i think, i, I, think I want to get into spoilers the performance um, is outstanding I, he's my mvp for i this think season. if they're if they're gonna give this show an emmy it should be to david harbour i know millie bobby brown is also excellent tremendous but i think that his performance this season is like it's so over the top like he's never calmed down this season he's always it's like he's like constantly on cocaine <laughs> He's freaking out, like, constantly. He is
0: behaving in a way so that no small-town cop would ever possibly behave, and I kind of love that. Yeah, oh, he
2: was full Magnum P.I. Yeah, movie. he did. I loved it.
0: And I love the Magnum P.I. reference in the beginning. was, like, a setup for, like, yeah, this is going to be my arc this season. I'm going to go fucking crazy.
1: He goes full John Wick <laughs> in the Mirror House. Like, straight out of John Wick 2. Fucking people He went from grieving father to just, like, a total badass. Yeah, like, it's so... It's ridiculous. I, I loved all that, um... Yeah, so let's. If you haven't seen Stranger Things three, just skip ahead like five minutes. We're gonna get into spoilers here. Um, if you don't care, then just keep listening. But what did you guys think about how what they did with Hopper, the the quote unquote fate so, slash death? Adam, Adam, Question mark? You,
0: Adam, you go first for this one.
2: Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it was completely earned, but that being said, I still cried like a baby
1: i teared up they got when down uh,
2: not at the death but at the letter of
1: course. yes yep. yes
2: yeah that really got me like i i don't think i was ready for it um just i he's such a lovable dad and just the fact that he i don't know like the way he went out was so sad and i don't know it maybe it was also millie bobby brown's performance in that scene where she's just like tearing up reading it she's like, so good it just it really got me. Um, but his I don't know if he, if he really has an arc in this season. I mean, there's nothing really. I don't know. There's no. He just has a lot of fun that he dies. But um, I still was pretty moved by it. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it where he ended up. And uh, but although with that post credit scene, I'm not completely sure if he's actually gone. Yeah. So that's
0: that's what I wanted to say. Was I thought I loved the way that he went out. Is like I was watching. I was like like oh my god they no, did. No, well, and because I had this thought while watching it, watching how how bloated the screen looked when you had all these characters on place, I was like, we're going to have to have... like a major character is going to die in this episode. And I almost had a feeling it was going to be him. And whenever it happened, I started to get kind of emotional and then I thought to myself, do you think that David Harbor went to uh went to the Defferburz and were like, "Hey, so I got this big franchise lined up with Hellboy, <laughs> so I might need y'all to kill me out of this thing well, so I can go make money from that. He's in the Black
1: Widow movie. Yeah,
0: so. So. <laughs> and I just, I like to think that he asked for his own death because <laughs> he thought Hellboy was going to be such a big hit. Um, But then I felt all my emo- emotions be completely undercut by the post credit scene, if that is actually him, which. They don't show him. They don't show him. They just him. say the American the American, which I guess it could be, what, Brett Gelman? Or, or nah. no. Or, who was it
1: in season two? Could some be a, American. It could be a new character for all we know.
0: I just. I, I will say. I mean, I'm very interested. I thought that there was a chance they were going to do it in season three, but it looks like they're definitely going to do it in season four where they're going to go outside of Hawkins. Because mm-hmm. I want to know. I mean, well, they some say, characters
1: are still in Hawkins.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they're. I have a feeling because they say at the end of the season they're like, All right, yeah, so we'll uh we'll see y'all for uh, Thanksgiving, right? So I have a feeling that the next season's gonna be like kind of a Thanksgiving holiday kind of theme. I, I mean think, we've gotten kind of holidays. We had Halloween, now we've, we've had, had Fourth summer. of July. Yeah. Summertime, so it makes sense to have like a Thanksgiving, Christmassy. I
1: like that type thing. Oh, I
2: can't wait for when they're all gonna watch *Plane, Trans and Automobiles* together uh, <laughs>
1: in the theater. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> on drugs.
2: You know that's gonna happen. I yeah, do, I'm, I'm gonna bet on it now.
1: I <laughs> yeah. would be so. Or like National Lampoon <laughs> vacation. They sneak
0: into vacation.
1: Um. Yeah. So uh, good. Good season. Fun time. Fun show. Good hang. Um, I'm trying to think of any last thoughts. Um, Winona Ryder could have done a little more. I think she got sidelined. I, that's
0: just the thing i'd like and now they introduced um
1: mike's little sister is she going to be part of the ca-? like this cast was too yeah, big i thought she was okay she, uh some of her line readings she was fine in spurts weird.
0: but i didn't like her like whenever she actually became a member of the gang by the end i was like there's too many people good, in this cast. good
1: character to kind of conceive of you know this like smart ass little girl but the performance i think was a little shaky um overall i think these kids are all great actors i think you know that's kind of like the jackpot that this show hits is the the performances that they got from these kids um yeah it's it's a good time oh one last thing uh never-ending story full musical rendition that was beautiful what did did you think of that that, I (laughs) i loved it so much i was like shaking my head during the whole thing but th- but i had a smile on my face so <laughs> so why i
2: love
0: that so much is because they're in such like a classic like almost mission impossible-esque thing where they're like we have 30 seconds we have to hurry we have to do this right now i was getting way too melodramatic and then the fact that she's just like Wait, you have to do it dusty dusty Pooh, you gotta do it and then they just bust out saying never ending story and sing the full like Three and a half minute long song to it.
2: I just oh yeah, the length is what made it. Yeah, no, that's <laughs>
0: what was great is that they didn't just quit at the chorus. They just kept going through. So it was I, I loved it.
2: Oh, and ho- then Hopper and uh, uh, Brett Gilman's like uh, reaction to it. Yeah, like you like... got to be
1: fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. All right, well, uh, that's Stranger Things three. Thanks for uh, skipping if you did sticking around. Uh, let's get into some more ketchup, Adam, you've been watching something. You saw a little something.
2: Yeah, I went to our uh, local art theater here in Orlando the other night, and I saw uh, Wild Rose. And if any of you guys know anything about the Enzion Theater, uh, they have a great selection of alcohol. And so I think maybe the reason why I was so emotional during this movie was because I had a few drinks in. The, was the bar that's crying. outside? I actually ordered... Well, yeah, I drank a little bit outside and a little bit
1: inside. Yeah, the um, the new cocktails they have there are so damn good.
0: And it's yeah. time to bring you the sponsor of our <laughs> podcast today, the Inzion
2: Theater. Eden Bar. <laughs> yeah, I have my uh, my cards lined up right now. Um, yeah. yeah, I... So I just wanted to disclaim that because I am pretty emotional, so the fact that I had a few drinks in did not help with this already emotional movie. Um, so yeah, this is about a... Uh, country singer who is fresh out of prison for uh, reasons you find out later in the film. And she's a single mother. Uh, All the help she really has is with her mother um, who's played by uh, Julie Waters, her name, I think. She's from Mamma Mia and the Paddington movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she um, and she's trying to work a job as a maid, but she's also kind of being pushed to, um, you know, take up her vocal talents. And uh, become a country singer. Um, which, and she lives in Glasgow, so there's not many country singers in Glasgow. Or, you know, not that many people that want to listen to country music. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of... it's I want to say it's like an underdog story about her trying to make it big. But there's it's more about her just trying to be a good mother, also. Um, which I thought was very compelling. And, yeah, I really really was moved by this movie. I, I was moved to tears by the end and I just thought it was beautiful and compelling and the music. Oh my god. Um it, the main character is played by uh I think her name is Jessie Buckley, I want to say. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. she gives it, I I know the Oscars aren't for a while, but she's an early contender I think for best actress of the year. Wow. But, yeah, she gives a tremendous performance in this season. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, in this <laughs> in this movie. Um, she she
0: does sing all the songs herself.
2: Yeah, she does. And um, it's a lot like A Star is Born, where it, you're kind of on stage with them um, while they perform. So it feels, like, very intimate. Like, kind of like how you're with Bradley Cooper or Lady Gaga in that movie. Um, so, yeah, it, I love this movie. I, it's one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, I've been really,
0: enough. I've been really wanting to check this out. I didn't realize that it was out in theaters here in uh here in Orlando, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. Jesse Buckley was in Chernobyl this year. Um, yeah,
2: I actually I didn't recognize that was her. I didn't even know that was she. The, the
1: firefighter's wife. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow.
2: And I didn't know before the movie that um she, like I didn't realize she was a musician too. Like she she has like a whole career. About country music. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, so she's very accomplished, um, and she, just like Lea Gaga did last year, she gave a tremendous performance in this movie.
1: Love it. But
0: she sings their own songs, which means that she's not going to win. We have to <laughs> yeah. find some to
1: lip sync. Yeah, yeah, gotta go Rami Malek. Yeah. Cool. Oh, no, we gotta get, uh, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, we gotta get something
1: from The Lion King to win this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right, so that's Wild Rose. In theaters, maybe near you,
0: limited theaters. I wonder if it'll get how wide of a release it will get. Probably not very. Most people are probably gonna have to wait till this gets out on
1: Google Play or App- Apple or whatever. I'm excited to check it out. I'm I'm trying to see what else this guy, uh, the director Tom Harper, has done. He's been mainly doing a lot of small stuff, some TV, a lot of TV. I think is no, this isn't his feature debut, but um. He's just done a lot of, a lot of TV work. Peaky Blinders hey, did a lot of work for them. Yeah,
0: come on, man. He made The Woman in Black: colon, Angel of Death in 2014. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, that was him.
2: Wow, that, was him. that movie was terrible. <laughs> this movie is amazing. I'm surprised. Well, of course, you you've go. seen that movie. I should have known. I actually have a. I I remember I went to. Um, I had to kill time before I saw an Inherent Vice that night. And I just remember that was the only movie playing that oh, I killed no. time with. So yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: That's no. the sequel to the the uh Daniel Radcliffe John Hamm film, right? That uh, and this one doesn't have them in it.
2: Um <laughs> true. I couldn't tell you. I just don't <laughs> I remember that I saw it and I hated
1: it. <laughs> All right. Well, you didn't hate Wild Rose. So no. recommend Solid that. Like 9 out of 10 for anyone that
2: wants to go see it.
1: Uh, Check it amazing. out. Mm. Uh, seek it out i'm intrigued Wabam slash adam approved uh all right so that's what adam's been up to hunter what have you been watching well uh first i'll uh, talk about
0: what i've been playing
2: Oh. Um,
0: so there was a new release at this point it's been out for a couple of weeks by the time that y'all listen to this but um that is the new game for the nintendo switch super mario maker 2 Okay. Um, so, the first Super Mario Maker came out on the Wii U. Um, I love that game. The problem with it, though, was that it was on the Wii U, and nobody owned a Wii U. Mm-hmm. So, it didn't ever really get a lot of buzz. And the other thing is that it's pretty much... It's very sandboxy. Um, So, I mean, you can make your own worlds, or you can play other user-created worlds. That's about it. And... Especially like just me talking about the first one specifically, and uh, with the Wii U, not a lot of people. I mean, there was still some fun created worlds and everything else, like that, but not as active of an online community
1: or even close to that. Very so, limited selection. Yeah, I of, mean, it, uh, it's
0: limited creations. in the. In the like idea that there's only like ten thousand levels or something like that versus like the switch which is like millions of levels switch is vastly successful console pretty much almost everybody has one um and for the most part this is kind of the same type of thing as the first uh super mario maker however there's a lot of new added features they've added uh the Mario 3D World aesthetic, which is you can become a cat person, too, and then also kind of climb onto walls and everything else. Really, like, flesh out the 3D culture.
1: So Um, the first one was only 2D. Yeah, it was... I
0: mean, it was... You had regular... You had the original Super Mario, Super Mario 3, um, Super Mario Land. Like, kind of those different skins that you can put on everything. And then uh, the newest one on that console was the Mario you or super mario u or whatever Which is it was still
1: a side it's scroller. still a side scroller yeah.
0: um i mean even with 3d world it still uses the side scrolling aspect but there will be something like there's a platform behind you and you can like claw your way up the on the back on the background of the level to actually climb up and stuff like that um They've also added in the second game a little bit of a campaign type mode. I'm using campaign in quotation marks. Uh, There isn't really a story to it. It's more so that they build the castle and then a new creature called the Undo Dog um, comes around, blows up the castle, and then you have to build it all back together. There's about 120 or so levels there that are all created by Nintendo to play through. And as you play through them, you can unlock new pieces to use in your own uh, world building and stuff like that. But I loved playing through those especially because at first you're starting out and you're just playing a level from like, you know, Super Mario Land. Like, you know, just playing Super Mario World, just some kind of classic level. And then as it goes on you realize that it's like the craziest shit that you've ever seen in your life where it's just like, there's no uh, land here. You just have to jump off of bullet bills all the way to get to your destination everything else like that. Um, people have gotten so creative with these worlds. It's insane. I've that there's a lot of uh, game developers that have even just been like playing around this. There's a, I talked about it months and months ago, but the creator of the game Celeste uh, has been playing on it and I actually follow him, and he's been making some levels that are so difficult, but they're so much fun. Um, there was a level I was playing earlier today that was a two thousand one a space odyssey themed world, which was so cool. It's like this; it, it incorporates kind of this space aesthetic with also like these puzzles and getting trapped in like doors and doors that you have to walk through and everything else like that really awesome um i've been kind of messing around building some of my own worlds so if you don't really you can kind of go for it go to it for either thing you can go to it for playing everybody else's world or you can try and get creative and make your own worlds did
1: they do a HAL 9000 in the 2001
0: <laughs> there actually is like kind of a cool there's like this giant pillar um that they all have like these like shooting bullet things at you that you have to try and climb over it and everything else like that. I couldn't even finish the level because it was so <laughs> difficult. And people will make in so they're like super long. Somebody recreated a dungeon in Legend of Zelda. Oh
1: my god.
0: I mean, this game, if anything, what's so amazing about this is that it kind of I, I can't believe that Nintendo did this. A company that's just like somebody throws a Mario skin on something and they'll just, like, take it down immediately. But they're, like, giving us the keys to the car for, like, making any kind of Mario World you could ever imagine. Like, really, with this, there's no need for Nintendo to ever release another side-scrolling Mario game. Like, we're the only other Mario games that we'll see in the future will be games like Odyssey that are more open-world aesthetic because why would you like this game you can do everything that the side scroller mario Damn. has to offer have you made anything yeah i made a one world um which uh had a few people play it Uh most people got very angry because it's very difficult um <laughs> but i had to make fun i made like a spike world that if you just have like one misstep then you will die and you have to start over again so it's really fun um I definitely highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite games of the year. There haven't been a lot of great games. There's been a few really big disappointments as far as games go this year. Oh, um, I mean, Kingdom think about Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. Ugh. have you Kingdom Hearts wasn't good. Kingdom Hearts three. It was. It was. It's a fine game. It was a major disappointment that it was. It's just because I, I, so I overhyped it myself.
1: <laughs> it's so confusing to follow what's happening in the story that it's very gotcha. discouraging. But It's still fun to play. I loved the first two when I was a kid. I just never got around to
0: playing three I
1: loved the first two. Like, love, love the first two.
0: But since then, they've released, like, 40 other side games, and you have to know (laughs) all of these other random characters and what their Uh, relations are. And also, like, four of them are the same person that are all... (laughs) tied together every it's...
1: character has like four versions and three clones and seven alternate names
0: yeah it's it's
1: very convoluted back back to mario real quick though uh has anyone made a twin peaks red room i, I... I will
2: actually buy the game and play it that so, is i'm sure,
0: i honestly i can almost guarantee that somebody has and if they haven't somebody's going to because that would be
1: so funny there's
0: like such cool things like people um people do some uh they did like one that's like themed to music to uh um i'm trying to think of what the actual name of it is but to a kirby like the main theme of kirby like that you have to jump to the beats or else that you'll die and stuff like that
1: like that's super creative it's so
0: creative some of the stuff that's doing it's like baffling that people
1: are this creative i've seen some that you don't even have to play it it's just like an artistic creation oh like yeah you jump in and you just see yeah some it's like crazy artistic thing that people made
0: no those are actually some of my like some of the ones that i love the most is just ones where you'll like stumble on them where there's somebody will just have a note that's just like don't move and then you just stand there you'll drop right in and you'll just go through and it'll be like a minute and a half of just the most crazy beautiful stuff that you'll
1: ever see yeah and you, it, it, some of them are like a Rue goldberg machine where mario's getting like pummeled around you don't even (laughs) have to touch the controller yeah no i mean it's i can i would be willing to make a prediction that
0: in like 10 years from now there will be some kids who are like at this point like 25 years old starting to be like budding game developers that'll be like yeah i started playing super mario maker 2 and that like really inspired me to want to start making my own
1: levels and everything you hear that kids out there you hear that there's there's hope for you yet if
0: you i mean hey Listen, you little seven-year-old. What, you don't have a Switch? You bully your parents. You beat them up. If you can't beat them up, you steal money from your mom's curse. You're going to want to look for... It's going to be a a red Capital One card. Just go ahead and get that number on there. Get yourself a Switch. Get yourself Mario Maker. Yeah. Become a game developer. You'll pay your back. In fact, the first
2: few kids that call into the show will buy you a Nintendo Switch. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Adam Sidorius has offered to buy whoever calls no, wait, in
1: right I now. Said, we bought a mic. I didn't say Adam. Starr. Oh, but yeah. If, Any... if When your mom asks you where you got that switch from with her money, tell her we bought a mic. Sent you, <laughs> but yeah. then run away. Yeah, then just run away.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I still have a lot more to say about uh about Super Mario. Oh my God! Oh oh, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> oh no it's taking me in sh- 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 crack and crate jeez i was that fumbling was everywhere for some paper but i couldn't it find any it. paper near me. i tried to crumble up a piece of cloth and it made no yeah. noise at all
1: we're, so. we're gonna need to come up with another uh crack and crack uh, here, for the hand, for the hand channel me, hand, me,
0: hand me something hand me something that i can crumple um we're gonna do this again um <clears throat> Yeah, uh, oh, man, that was crazy, man, yeah. But anyways, you know, I, I can just keep talking about Mario for hours, and oh! Uh, oh no, something's happening! It's, it's, it's cracking Crate.
1: Alright, so what have you oh, been, well, okay, what, all right, what have you been, good. uh... Kraken.
0: Alright, so, um, first of all we uh, a couple weeks ago we raved and raved about being there the Hal Ashby film
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so I did want to before I actually get started I want to give a shout out to right now Barnes and Nobles they're having their sale it only happens once or twice a year their criterion sale all of their criterions are lifted at half price Granted, normally their movies are like $40, so now they're like $20. But still, $20 for some of these movies is better than Amazon or anywhere else. And if you get Barnes & Noble's membership, it goes down to even cheaper. It'd be like $16 for
1: Criterion Blu-ray. And remember, if you use promo code WABAM at checkout, you'll get an error code, and then your computer will crash. You'll get a pink screen. Uh, But then the Criterion logo will come up. And then you won't be able to use your computer anymore. <laughs> and then we'll have all of
0: your information. It'll be fine. Um, so, the first... But getting back to um, uh, Hal Ashby. So, we waved about being there. But that is actually the only Hal Ashby film I've seen. So, decided to spend some of my hard-earned bucks and pick up not only being there, but also Harold and Maude. Um either of you guys ever
1: seen harold and Maud? uh i don't think so i'm familiar with the film but i don't recall ever seeing it it's one of my biggest blind spots i think
0: um so seek this movie out um this movie is amazing like i
1: it's like a young boy and like an older lady
0: yeah so um it's harold uh is this he's this boy from an affluent family and his mom's trying to hook him up with all of these different women and everything else like that. But Harold is, like, the original, like... <laughs> if Tumblr existed in the 1970s, people have been going crazy for Harold. <laughs> because throughout the movie, he's uh, doing all these elaborate things, faking his own suicide. Um, which can be read as, like, insensitive and stuff like this. But it's totally played for laughs. Like, whenever the movie begins, it's... um. He like writes and he writes a note down and then he stands up on a chair and hangs himself. At first I was like, yo, what the fuck? I didn't have <laughs> no idea that I was getting into this. His mom walks in and she's just like, Harold, come on, we have a date. We don't have time for this. And you just see his face as he's like trying to pretend like he's killing himself. Um Yeah, no, I love it's so lighthearted and whimsical that it almost feels otherworldly. Um it also helps the cat stevens does the entire soundtrack to this and uh the soundtrack is perfect um so anyways harold just to give y'all a little summary he is set up on all these dates he doesn't really like any of them because they're other like rich people and he's trying to suppress that whole side of him his mom buys him a car and he turns it into a hearse and everything else like that he likes he likes to just go at to funerals to just like be reminded of his own mortality and stuff like that and that's actually where he finds mod because mod's just like oh yes i'm just here because i like to think about death too and they form this um kind of unlikely um friendship i guess between the two of them and they kind of they learn a lot about not only what it means to die but also what it means to live and kind of embracing every day and just kind of treating it all like it is your last. Because mm-hmm. I mean, instead of just like always looking forward to death because you hate everything, like go out there and do something crazy. Do something wild that uh nobody would expect. Like one of my uh, favorite lines in the movie, I had to write down but it's just uh Maude speaking to Harold says uh everyone has the right to make an ass out of themselves. Don't let the world judge you too much. Nice. And it's just like it's one of those things it's like, yeah, I mean just do whatever you want to do that makes you happy it's kind of crazy that this movie came out in the 70s because it is a breeze to watch like i am just i want to watch all hal ashby films now because if they all have this breezy nature then hal ashby might be like one of the most underrated directors of his time
1: yeah i think being there and harold and are his most well known yep everything else is pretty under the radar yeah, I
2: love being there. Um, I was just looking into Harold and Maude like, while you were talking, and I-, I was like looking at what year it came out, and I was expecting to be like, an 80s movie, like the way you're describing it, but it, it's 1971, which 70- is crazy.
0: It's, it's before being there. It's eight years prior to being there.
2: Wow, okay. Yeah, it's... I really want... I mean, I've always wanted to, because it's, it's widely regarded as like one of the best movies of all time. Um, I've always wanted to watch it, but now I want to watch it even more.
0: Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I... it's... Hard for me to say that I like it more than Being There. But then again, Being There, I think, is just, like, absolutely perfect. Being There is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, I mean, Harold and Mod is still a strong, strong nine. Like, it's still an amazing movie. Highly recommend um, for everybody to check out.
1: It's not on Criterion Channel yet, but I'm sure they'll...
0: I'm sure it'll be coming on there. Criterion Channel has been kind of shuffling through everything. Yeah,
1: is it? I'm, I'm not sure. I have the now. physical, so I don't... Mm i don't think it is
0: um next up uh speaking of the criterion channel though uh the next couple are movies that i just watched on the channel um so uh for those of you who don't know criterion now is their own channel subscribe for seven dollars a month and it's actually 10 now
1: that because we got the early access
0: okay well so it's ten dollars a month uh or if you can travel back in time you can get it at seven dollars a month but uh Either way, $10, it's an amazing value, too. Um, there's, a, there's a few movies on there that actually aren't even on Criterion that are on the channel that are either like Turner Classics or something else. And one of them is uh, The Wicker Man.
1: So, um, not the Nickels Cage.
0: Not the Nick Cage one. So I've actually seen the Nick Cage one back whenever I was younger. And yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, so this is the original one um, starring well co-starring i should say christopher lee our guy christopher lee yeah wow legend um he uh it count dooku huh? yeah count dooku himself isn't it Saruman. It's, <laughs> yeah, not Saruman, it's count dooku um so uh the main actor in here is edward edward woodward not to be confused with ed wood uh different guy um but it's he plays this police officer who is investigating the disappearance of a girl and travels to this island off the coast of uh, Scotland, I believe. Yeah, off of the Scottish Isles and kind of just discovers that everybody is batshit crazy. Um, I watched this movie because a lot of people were drawing parallels between this and Midsummer.
1: Yeah, um, that daylight horror, daytime yes, horror. And
0: uh, they, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's. Uh, It's definitely an influence. Uh, It's not like it. Wouldn't say that they're very similar movies. uh, Just because one is a murder and the other one is like a cultish thing. But another thing about this uh, cult is that they are they all celebrate this pagan culture where they worship the sun and the Lord of the waters and all this kind of stuff and they like dance around naked around fireplaces and stuff like that and have these weird rituals they teach their kids in school like about like the best thing is like they all dance around like a, a pole and they're just like what's the semblance of the pole and they're just like it, because it's phallic like these little <laughs> kids and everything um it it's very fun movie for being uh, as dark as it gets Uh, I definitely would recommend it, especially if you're a horror fan. This is like one of the classics. It's always been on my list of classic horror movies to check out. Um, It definitely, it's influenced a lot of American movies of the late 70s, early 80s that try and capture that um, one normal man wanders into crazy society and then is sent into becoming mad like that kind of this is one of the movies that really set up that whole formula to take place in a lot more american movies later on is there a bees scene there's no
1: bees okay good
0: yeah no bees um christopher lee never sends the bees uh my boy ed wood never screams out bees so
1: i will say uh, uh harold and Maud is on the criterion channel it oh it is yeah. oh okay
0: so yeah go check that out now
1: with commentary and some bonus features. Oh. little Cat Stevens interview in there.
0: Nice. Neat. Nice. Um so uh next up another movie that uh I saw on the Criterion Channel. 1966 Ingmar Bergman's classic Persona.
2: One of my favorite movies of all time.
0: Really? Okay. I I thought that there was a chance that you've uh, you've seen this before, Adam. Oh,
2: so many times. I, it's one of my favorite probably it's definitely my favorite
0: Bergman movie and yeah it's a masterpiece so I I love this movie too I definitely had to think on it a bit um the beginning sequence of this movie is like you watch this and you're like oh David Lynch like obviously is a big fan of Bergman because it's just like almost disconnected it seems disconnected like flashes of like the original horror movies where there's like a man dressed up as Dracula pops up with like flashing between, like, a film reel running out. It's some of the most art house shit that I've ever seen in my life. It's all black and white,
2: and I I love that.
0: A- Adam, do you want to speak about Persona?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing about Persona is, I saw it when I was, like, I think I was 16 when I first saw it, and I, to this day, I think it's one of the very few films that I think that I love that I have not, I still haven't figured it out. Like, I don't think anyone has ever really fully like cracked the movie, like the deeper meanings of it all. Because um, there's still like discussions and fights about it, like online. Um, there's a ton of like analysis videos on YouTube if you go on there. Um, yeah, I mean it's this uh, lady. She goes to like um, a retreat. Uh, she's an actress, right? And her nurse, or not even her nurse, um, is is she a nurse? Like what yeah, has she been Yeah, doing? she's
0: a nurse assistant, something like that.
2: Yeah, and it quickly, I mean, it starts off kind of awkward enough, like, between them, um, but then it really gets into this whole thing about jealousy and identity. Yeah,
0: well, because the actress doesn't speak. She's, like, she suddenly came up upon uh, this, I mean, she's in the hospital originally because people think she might have some kind of a mental disorder or something because she just stops
2: speaking. Yeah, and it's really uh that's really effective because the way i think the actress the name is baby anderson mm-hmm. um she
0: just passed the, away earlier this year in april actually
2: yeah rest in peace uh the, and she's phenomenal in this movie yeah. like she's like she, this is probably I, I mean i don't know her entire resume but it i'd be shocked to see if this isn't her best performance she's done a like,
0: couple other uh, bergman films i see on here but i've never this is the first bergman movie i've seen so
2: yeah she's fantastic in the movie and i can't remember the other actress's name um,
0: um liv oldman who fantastic. plays uh, elizabeth vulgar
2: yeah like they both are fantastic in this movie and the whole thing with like her not talking is it it works so well because you get as frustrated as uh she does like by that point where she like completely like freaks out about it um yeah it's just it's this great exercise and paranoia and self-reflection and yeah, it's just, it's a masterpiece. I mean, it's very much a Criterion movie. Oh, yeah. I, through and through. It's, I
0: mean, it's a movie, like, I, I'm i glad to hear that you said that because I've just still been, like, kind of grappling with the whole thing of what this movie is exactly trying to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> who exactly is the persona in this movie? Um like, what... I, I've still just been trying to grapple with all these things, but it's one of those movies that I can't really... I, it's hard to even put it into words without di- without just watching it visually and kind of just ingesting it all in. That's um, what I
1: always hear about Bergman.
0: Yeah, it's just... It's all about tone. And it's more so about how it makes you feel, in my opinion, than it is about what it is about.
2: Yeah, like, it's definitely not, not like, really... I don't want to see it's like nonlinear, but it doesn't focus on so much of narrative. It's just being there, trapped on this island with the two of them, or retreat rather. Like you you know, you're just kinda of stuck there with them. And it uh really gets under your skin in a way that you maybe don't expect. Um, and like the last like 10, 15 minutes of this movie are horrifying without actually being scary. Like, it's just I it's really it's a really haunting film. Like it just totally messes with you but like in the best kind of ways
0: it i mean it really does like it's there's some of the most like compelling shots just single shots i've ever seen in my life in a movie that i love them in this and also i can see any other uh kid who's in film school like watching this once and just being like oh i can't wait to make my own classic because it's something that seems easily replicable but it's like impossible to actually replicate uh, What he's trying to do with establishing this mood here. I'm just like thinking about some of the ways that the actual storylines converge upon each other. It really does remind me if I was going to compare it to anything, I'd compare it to Mulholland Drive. So the way it makes you feel about that, where you're kind of disoriented. Wonder, you're disoriented. You're wondering if this is even real. Like, is this all even taking place in somebody's head? What kind of inner struggle? Like, what is actually happening here? Um, Yeah, I mean, a lot of
2: his movies have, like, this kind of um, fever dream kind of feel, but I think Persona, like, more than most, have, like, this very, like, whimsical, but not in a good way, like, kind of, like, this kind um, like, just this really, like, weightless kind of feeling, like, he feels like it's more in the psyche than it takes place in, like, reality, you know, Um, I... Yeah, it's, it's a masterpiece. It's, like, in my top 20 of all time. Nice. Like, I, I love
1: it. Right here on, uh, I'm looking at the Criterion channel, and there's a 11-minute uh, interview with Paul Schrader of uh, last year's First Reform, uh talking about Persona.
0: Yeah, I need to dive more into these, like, interviews and stuff like that and extra features. Um, Pretty cool. However, there's one other crate that I want to tackle, and then we can uh, wrap things up here, um, that I did dive into all the extra features for, well, most of them. There's a lot. Um, and that is the 1994 classic documentary Hoop Dreams. Um, so. As listeners of the pod know I'm a big basketball guy and I'm a big documentary guy. I honestly I've been having this criterion just sitting there and I was just saving it for the right day and I figured why not do a triple feature of The Wicker Man persona <laughs> and then wrap it all up with Hoop Dreams. Um
1: all in one day. Yeah, all
0: in one day oh just back God. to back to back. I think I took like a break to go get beer or something like that, but otherwise uh just kind of got through all of this um that's what happens when respect like, honestly that's What happens really when awesome. the best movies there in theaters are stupor and crawl and i'm stuck at home all day um hey, so, <laughs> hey <laughs> we're gonna it's save that the film, for the documentary yeah, yeah, so. it's, it's that's it's just how florida is it's just about being it's the life of florida man um, it really is <laughs> so hoop dreams um This movie, a little bit of background about this movie, this was originally supposed to be a 30-minute PBS uh, short, and they started making this. uh, It takes place, it's about inner-city Chicago kids that have to turn to basketball in order, that's their only path to actually getting out of the hood and getting out of the ghetto. Um, This 30-minute short that they were supposed to shoot turned into about... Over 250 hours worth of footage.
1: Holy shit. Um,
0: revolving these kids in their four-year journey from eighth grade going into ninth grade all the way to graduating high school, going to college. Um, following two boys who, and their journey together, this movie is so heartbreaking and also so uplifting. And this, I, I can't really... Uh, without, like, even getting into, like, quote-unquote spoilers, I mean, it's a real thing that happened uh 25 years ago uh, about the story of these boys, but really just watching their journey, I mean, there's, like, some of the kids, like, they, there's one, one of the boys, Arthur Agee, um, his family, just, they, their welfare gets cut off, and they just don't have water or power at their house for three months. Jeez. Um, and fun fact, the filmmakers actually paid the money to get their power and water and stuff like that turned on to help them out while they were shooting. while they were shooting everything. Um, it really tells this journey and also about this class divide that we have where in order for to get like real noticeable recognition from schools like North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, the best basketball schools, you have to go to private schools. Which there's so many kids that from inner cities that can't afford to go to like the St. Joseph's and all these like private schools that are out there because private schools are really expensive. um, And some of these kids will get they'll get partial scholarships, but that's just partial. So they'll pay for half of their tuition to go to the school. But then the family still have to come up with like, all right, yeah, you still have to pay five hundred dollars a month
1: or you don't get to play or you
0: don't or you don't get to go to the school right. in general. Yeah. And this um, was 94,
2: right? So, yeah, this like, was Imagine what it's this... like now.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, if anything, things have only gotten worse since this. Um, there's, I mean, you really see the struggles. There's like a couple of the kids talk about There's like, yeah, I mean, I they're so devoted. All they can do is dream about basketball because basketball is the only way that they can not only get themselves out, but that they can get their families out. A lot of people in their own families have the same aspirations, but then they'll fall off. Or they'll start doing drugs. There's a really heartbreaking moment with one of the dads whenever he leaves the family because he has a crack cocaine addiction. Jeez. And it's so it's sad. so heartbreaking. But at the same time, I mean, in a lot of ways, I I mean, minor spoilers. They don't make they don't make it to the NBA. Like you haven't heard of Arthur Aggie or um, uh, the other kid's name, uh, William Gates, before because they never actually made it. But it's about making the most of it, about trying to get a scholarship to go to college and actually have college paid for for you. I mean, that's an opportunity that never would have been there if they didn't have basketball. Um, After this movie was over, they have a... In the Criterion, Um, they have kind of a 10 years later thing where they reunite with the kids. It's really sad because a lot of people... Or one of the... um athletes that's in here talks about how this movie was really a blessing and a curse for him this documentary because it opened up some doors but also it made things so much harder for him to actually go in because people would be like oh yeah you're the kid with a spotlight on you we're not gonna mess with you like that it's just it's so heartbreaking um but i think that this is the best documentary it might be the best documentary i've ever seen in my life um it's three hours long and i was like all right it's a documentary. I'm probably going to have to break it up into two parts. And once I started, I couldn't stop. Because the thing is, is that if it starts to get a little bit slow or a little bit too dour and everything else like that, they cut it in with basketball footage with them like trying to make a run at the state title and stuff like that. And so you still have like the lively aspect of a sporting event mixed in here with the stuff that's about real life. And it deals with politics and class and racial divides kind of kind of gives me uh minding the gap i was gonna say well i there's definitely like you can tell that uh um what's the guy's name bing bing lu um you can definitely tell that he had watched this movie before because a lot of it is about it's it's pitched as a basketball documentary but it's about the kids who play basketball same way minding the gap is about the kids who turn to skating and not just about skating itself um definitely similar in that way and kind of people just needing to find a way out of this life and i it works for some people but for a lot of other people they just don't go anywhere i mean it's another thing that's really tragic um and then we can kind of wrap things up i want to try and find a better note to end on after this but uh so a lot of the people who are in this and um, the projects with them, uh, there's a lot of drug dealers and stuff like that, and a lot of people, and this is something that still happens now, is that people who are drug dealers and stuff like that, they'll try and find up-and-coming athletes, and then they'll give them money ahead of time be like, you go get yourself some new shoes oh, and everything man. else like that, but then you gotta come back for us. And if you don't make it, well, then they'll rob you, and they'll take all of they'll break into your house and steal everything from you like and it's it's something that's still happening now but i mean you can't really blame the kids because if you're like 15 16 and you're like yeah i want to have these like fresh nike's and everything else to play yeah. with the other rich white kids that go to my
1: school you're not thinking about down the line what that's going to yeah there's i mean do. there's
0: also like there's a whole educational divide that happens between what education's like in grade school and inner cities versus what it is at yeah. a nice private school. Um, but I this movie isn't all dour and gloom. It really is kind of a success story in a lot of ways, even if it's not in the success story that you originally thought that it was going to be. Um,
1: well, what, it, it seems like when kids are... Uh, how do I put this? Like Something like basketball can be almost like a lifesaver for these kids right because those kids that aren't on the court they're they could be doing other things like getting into drugs or like getting into some like crime and shit like that and that's like the saddest thing about some of these like lower income like you know poverty stricken areas that are all over this country is that it's it can start to get really dicey when children just fall into this this routine because it's all they know and the cycle just keeps repeating so something like a sport like basketball can break that cycle and can invite kids to 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 put their time and energy into something that even though they're not going to end up in the NBA at least they'll learn that just because they were born into this really unfortunate situation doesn't mean that that has to be their life.
0: And basketball is also the perfect thing because unlike like skateboarding or something like that, which at the end of the day, you are just alone. Basketball is such a team oriented thing and it teaches you to communicate and to work with others to try and help make each other better. And yeah, life that's, lessons. Yeah. Um. One little fun Easter egg that I threw and then we can uh, wrap it up because uh, so one of the guys, William Gates, he actually makes it onto the top one hundred prospects in the country to go to college and everything else like that. And he's an all American camp. And I love this because this was made in ninety four before these players or anything, but there are players who actually became studs in the NBA they are just there in the background. Like uh they're like showing like him he, his roommates and stuff, and uh for uh fans of basketball in the pod, like Jalen Brown and Jawan Howard and Chris weber who made up the Michigan's Fab Five, who are all NBA studs like Hall of Fame players, are just there, and nice. like they're just hanging out in the background. They'll have like a line in the background or something like that. But at the time, just whenever they catch them in, at the t- in a quick second, well, because they don't make a big deal of it. Because at the time they made it, they were just the same level as him. They were just high school kids with aspirations.
1: Nice, nice. sub. So. all right, so that has been hoop dreams. Persona and Harold and Maud, is that it? Did and I the Wicker one? Man. And the Wicker Man can't miss the Wicker Man. Yeah. uh Kraken, right? <laughs> thanks for sticking around. uh Thanks, Adam, for coming on. Uh, do you uh, do you want to plug anything?
2: Yeah, um you can follow me on Letterboxed uh, Twitter, Adam Sidorius. um I just started a podcast too. Uh, so if you want to go to critics.com and check out the critics podcast um, after you listen to We Bought a Mic, of course.
1: Do you um, have it up on on the podcast apps yet? Yeah, I have it on Spotify,
2: Apple.
1: Uh, yeah, all, all pretty the, much all the, the regular uh, outlets. Awesome. Yes, we will link to that in the description. Check out the critics podcast. Check out Adam on the socials. Uh, you can check us out at We Bought a Mic. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm at Calderness on Letterboxd. Uh, so send us your, your thoughts, your takes, your recipes. Maybe you found a secret recipe for some delicious guacamole. Maybe you found
0: the secret to help me stop my addiction with Criterion. I don't know. I just finish up a Criterion and then I crush it up, crush up the disc, and then just do a fat
2: line of it. Ugh. The crates have to be cracked. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta yeah. Crack those crates.
0: <laughs> the cracking of the crite is actually just turning it into cocaine. Crack cocaine.
1: Crite <laughs> cocaine. Crite
0: cocaine. All right.
1: Well, on that note, I, I did add all of these things that you talked about to my ever-growing list on the Criterion channel that I will get to one day. One day. One day I will watch all of these. I did watch, I watched like half of Black Narcissus the other day and I fell asleep. <laughs> uh very beautiful movie gorgeous looking movie um so i'll probably try to finish that maybe great I'll, recommendation i all talked about it um yeah i didn't i didn't do a lot of other catch-up i know I, I i watched the lion king the og lion king so we'll probably talk about that next week when we get into the new lion king and we're I, just gonna review the original lion king we're not gonna talk about the new one yeah yeah well there's also uh lion king one and a half
2: so yeah, let's maybe we'll let's get do into a review that. of that. Also, um, Simba's
1: pride. I oh yeah, he lives in you. Also, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out in two weeks, and I already have my tickets. I'm so fucking stoked. I'm so ready. I I oh man, I know Hateful Eight was not the best. I'm excited for this one, but I'm I'm I... ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm very stoked. I hope it doesn't disappoint. I don't think it will. I have high hopes, though. I have high hopes for Quentin and uh, what he has to bring. Gotta have high, high hopes
0: for a woman, if you ask me.
1: Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> well,
0: close this out, Panic. <laughs> thanks thanks
1: for coming on, Adam. Uh, check out our review of Midsummer, And until next time, wa-bang. Bye-bye. Chance, acid rapper, soccer hacky sacker, cocky khaki jacket jacker, slap happy faggot slapper, whoop, whoop, a rocky rocket launcher, shake that lappy taffy,
0: jolly raunchy rapper. Hey, hey, <coughs> Keep like like be tweets, you do that. thing The three retweets. The album feel like 92. Now take that for heat three P. Chance whole acid cruising on that LSD.
1: Ask Joseph about my deal. He looked back, said hell
0: yeah, let's see.
1: This shit my favorite song. You just don't know the words, but I still fuck with you. You just ain't never heard.
0: It go like count that stack, Rock that captain, down that jack. All my niggas hit that zit, and all my ladies mount that bitch. It's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam.